You take an ancient dinosaur god and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes, and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Zippity doo da, zippity a. My oh my, what a wonderful day. How are you doing today, my co-host Brandon? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Jasper's just being whiny. Producer Jasper's whining, and you can hear him barking, which is normal because he's a dog. I'm your host, NB Nightingale, and I am feeling wonderful this week, everyone. Wonderful. Okay. You're not going to feed into the bit, are you? What? Why are you feeling wonderful, Nolan? So, I got some great news this week. Uh... <laughs> Uh, so, it'll be old news to you folks uh, by the time this comes out. But So, back in the 70s, in the city that I'm gonna, I'm gonna, for, you know, for confidentiality's sake, give a fake name of, Schman Francisco. Okay. Uh, yeah. I did a little goof and a gaff. Ooh. Uh, and, uh, I... Was sending some letters around to local newspapers and other shenanigans. Okay. And, you know, uh, I found out later that I could get in a lot of legal trouble for that. And it's been a thing that's been, like, over my head for a long time. Fuck. And then (laughs) I just found out this week that they pinned it on some other guy. R.I.P. Gary Post. <laughs> when you when you said the letters, I was like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. So on that wacky note, uh, <laughs> it took me a second. I'm like, what are you leading? And then boom. Oh fuck. All right. That's one drink. One drink. Nolan likes to pretend he's the Zodiac killer. <laughs> Zodiac Killer, objectively not the worst serial killer. This is uh, this is Nolan's hashtag callout post for all you serial killers hashtag out there. Hashtag serial killers are canceled. <laughs> They've gone too far this time. Oh, what's going on on my phone? And with that statement, the CEO of Netflix has come out defending <laughs> serial killers. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, uh, today though, we're going to talk about, you, you saw from the title, we're talking about 2016's B, the, I think it's the BFG. The BFG. Yes. Finally, we're covering Doom. Wait, no, not that one, right? No, we're not talking about a, a big fucking gun. That's only 33% right. <laughs> we're talking about a big Motherfucking friendly. Giant! Woo! Boom, yeah. The BFG, the best friend giant. Big f- big friendly giant. Is it big friendly giant or is it it's best friend the giant? Big friendly giant. I mean, giants are already big. You don't gotta call them that. Mm-hmm. She calls him best friend giant a couple times. No, it's the big friendly giant. I gotta, I gotta make sure. He is the big... Oh, the big friendly giant. Okay. All right. I know my stuff. 
Yeah, so we, that's the movie we watched today. And um, it felt very appropriate because, as we discussed a lot, a lot of the Heizai era Godzilla films feel very inspired, is a kind way of saying <laughs> it. Very inspired by the works of Steven Spielberg. Mm. And now we are covering a Steven Spielberg kaiju film. We've come full circle. Mm-hmm. So, the BFG from 2016, uh, it's currently available on Netflix. Surprisingly not Disney Plus. Yeah, it's a Disney movie, but it's not on Disney Plus. Nope, it was on Netflix. Is this like the only Spielberg Disney movie? I'm pretty sure when I looked it up, it's like that was the at least the first one that he had uh, collaborated with. Yeah. So, would you look at that? So, um, yeah, so we can get into our overall thoughts about this movie. Mm-hmm. And, um... I'll start with my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, This movie has some really beautiful moments. Tied together as a story, it's kind of stop and go. Like, we're going to go into exquisite detail about a certain extended sequence that you could have removed it from the movie and nothing would have been lost. In fact, the pacing probably would have been better. Like, there's certain scenes where they really could have uh, trimmed this down, because I think it's, like, exactly two hours. Yeah, it's a two-hour-long movie, and this clearly should have been a 90-minuter. Yeah, like, there's just not enough plot, so they kind of feel like they have to stop at the start of the third act to give an extended different sequence. And the filler sequence is very funny, and I will (laughs) talk about it in depth, and it is my favorite thing in this movie... Yeah. But it is, it kills the pacing. It does. It, it so, absolutely kills the pacing. Yeah, so overall, I think that, you know, for especially for like young kids and stuff, I think they'll really like it. It'll be a great time. But, like, you know, if you're 20-somethings like we are, it, it's, there's individually really good scenes, but, like, it's a bit of a slog for some of it. So I'd say, you know, I, I liked it, but it was, like, not like really liked it to love it. It was more like okay, I didn't waste my time here. So that's my overall thoughts. The CG is uh holds up mostly really well, which is something that I thought it wasn't going to because this is from 2016, mm-hmm. five years ago now. So I didn't think it was gonna hold up as well as it did, but they made some good choices with how to set everything up. Okay. So what are your thoughts, Nolan? So I should preface this by saying in my opinion the greatest movie steven spielberg ever made was hook spielberg has in my mind a spectrum he has the spectrum of hook on one end and schindler's list on another end on on one hand schindler's list on another hook hook Inside of you, there are two wolves, and one of them is Schindler's List, and the other one is Hook. Yes. (laughs) And this was, and I like both modes, but I prefer Hook mode, obviously. Yes. And this was a lot closer to Hook than it was to Schindler's (laughs) List. I would hope so. (laughs) 
Because it really could have gone into, like, a dark place with, like, yeah, these giants are eating, like, thousands of children. Yeah, and, you know, if there's something that we are very sensitive to and have not been desensitized towards, it is giant people (laughs) eating small people. It's not a thing at all. We've never seen that before. Yeah, that's... That's, uh... (laughs) Not a thing that we enjoy. It's not a thing that, um... That we enjoy in our media. Uh, I should be clear. (laughs) We do not eat little people. Yeah, we do not have a fridge full of properly seasoned people at the ready here. It's not a thing we do. What are you talking about? You're crazy. Gargamel who? Gargamel who? We're not the reason... I I forgot my joke. (laughs) That's okay. So, yeah, so your thoughts are... It was on the hook spectrum, so you you liked the vibe this movie was giving off? I did like the vibe a lot. I immensely enjoyed every scene of this movie, but I do also agree that it doesn't really glue together well. Which sucks, because I'm wondering if, like, if there was a re-edit of this movie, (laughs) how that would work, how that would go. Because, like, all the scenes are good. Maybe some of it's just the order they're in. Yeah, like... Or, like, how it's, um... How you may want to remove some stuff. Like, the queen... The... We'll, we'll get into that. The scene. The scene, as we will call it. Yeah. Comes far too late in the movie for when something like that should happen. Uh... Like, it's such a long comedic divergence that that's like a... Early, early act two sequence. That is not a beginning of act three sequence. Yeah, like the pacing, <laughs> I have to say, like, you know, a lot of movies, you know, it's building towards something in act three. Like in a lot of these kaiju movies, that final fight is being built up for that act three. <laughs> and in this one, they're kind of building towards something and they completely pivot from like yeah. one sentence. So we'll get into that. But, um, but yeah, so what I'm wondering is, do you think that this movie is in some ways underappreciated? I do. I very much do. This is... So, Spielberg's late period gets shit on a lot by some people in this room. <laughs> I know, Jasper just hates it. And He watched Ready Player One and he never forgived him. <laughs> and I will agree, Ready Player One fucking sucks. It's bad. Uh, it's got Ben Mendelsohn in it, and I love Ben Mendelsohn, but it's a bad movie. Uh, and, but this is the best post-Tintin Spielberg movie, I'd say. In the post-Tintin, in the post-Tintinian era. (laughs) Yes. It's... It's the best one he's got. So those are my thoughts on the film. Okay. And it's got a lot of monstrous, horrible, (laughs) unfriendly giants, along with our big friendly giant. And we're gonna go from the BFG to the WDGD. What? The what that giant do... (laughs) So what those giants do. Okay. So, um, in this movie, uh, our, our titular B 
BFG. You used it right! Character development! So the titular BFG... The titillating BFG. <laughs> That's a whole other topic. Yeah. But um, he's actually... The BFJ, the big fucking Johnson. Oh, no. <laughs> but, Listen, um... proportionately, it's gotta be a huge dick. Anyways. <laughs> so, the Giants in this movie, the BFG, when you first see him, I would say he's not... Like Godzilla size, he's not. He's like, um, one of the previous episodes where on like Frankenstein conquers the world, where he's more like twenty-ish feet tall. Imagine that. Like the top of his head is level with most is with a few buildings. He is three oakjes tall. Is how I'm gonna put it. <laughs> yes. So he's about three oakjes tall. If he was a titan and Attack on Titan, he'd be like a nine meter, like a medium-sized titan. So with that in mind. Um, he's pretty, you know, he looks big in this movie. Uh, he's got some really fun sequences of him, like, hiding amongst the humans. Yeah. Where it's like, he has, like, a big cape, and, like, he, he like, when the cot, when, like, an ambulance comes by, he whooshes it and pretends like it's, a, a, like, a blank wall instead of, like, another street that they can go down and they go the yeah. other way. <laughs> like, there's fun sequences like that in the movie. But when we get to the giant, the, what's it called? The Land of Giants. Yeah, the land of giants. Yeah. Once we get to there, it's the um. He's actually like the smallest one. He's yeah. like twenty four feet. The other ones are like easily double his size. Like the other ones plus. are Godzilla sized. Kinda, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know. I think Godzilla's bigger than like fifty feet, but he is definitely bigger than that. But you know, they're bigger, more traditionally kaiju sized creatures. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ones. Um. <laughs> there's a lot of different names. There's Flesh Lump Eater. They're played by Jermaine Clement. Oh, here we go. I got all the heights. So, the the, guz, the Gizzard Gulper, Chris Gibbs, was 39 feet. The Blood Bottler, Bill Hader, was 43 feet. The Flesh Lump Eater, Jermaine Clement, was 50 feet. So, about 20... So, in the BFG himself is 24 feet. Yeah. So they are towering over him. Yeah. So it's not. It's I, I, nuts. Bill Hader like has like one line in this movie. Yeah, he's he's That's a very weird. small part. He's the, he's the Scottish one, right? I think so. Yeah. He's basically in this movie. The only two giants who really matter is the BFG himself and. Uh, and the uh, shadow of the economic disparity caused by the Thatcher administration. That's what's all I'm in a four for, but um, this takes place in '80s England. Uh, that is very relevant and something I'm going to discuss in depth when we're talking about the plot. All right, so that happens, and then um, yeah, it was kind of funny that uh, <laughs> how they had to implement some of the effects of this movie because, like I said, even amongst the giants, there's like two different sized giants. So how they did that was that the giants that were bigger than the BFG kind of, like, crouched and squeezed into, like, a grayscale model of the BFG's cave. And then they acted to a ragdoll-sized version of what the BFG would be to them. <laughs> so for, you know, us, would be, like, a three-foot-tall, size-ish puppet. Yeah. And then while that was happening, um, Mark Re- is it Mark Rylance? Yeah, Mark Rylance. Yeah, the, the actual actor who plays the BFG yeah. was performed off-camera <laughs> doing separate actions with mocap as it was happening. So there kind of was an interesting 
thing they had to mess with for the, the scaling. Because mm-hmm. you got kids scale, you got Sophie, who's the kids scale, you got the BFG, which is like the medium scale, then you got like all the bigger giants who are large scale. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting to see how those all interact with each other. But um, that's something in this movie. I would say overall, as I said before, the effects do hold up very well today. I think there's a lot of movies around this time were released, you know, 2014 to like 2017-ish, that really were ambitious with their VFX effect, you know, their VFX, uh, more realistic looking people and stuff, and it would very often fall flat. I think what works in this movie is um, the compositing is kind of rough. There's a few shots that look really bad where he's holding her, but that's a compositing yeah. issue. Yeah. But um, the BFG himself looks great because he's a bit stylized. <laughs> like, he's realistic, but he kind of has a little more cartoony proportions to him. So it kind of leads you to not notice as much if, like, all oh, the skin isn't 150% real. So, like, the effects hold up, like, very well in this movie, I would say, overall. There's, um, there's a few interesting moments where they try... They're really smart with... If the humans are interacting with an object, very often they would just make it a real prop they would hold. Yeah. That was a good choice because so much... If they didn't do that, so much of this movie would just be CG. That it'd be kind of like Sophie would be, like, kind of the odd person out... Where everything else was very CG'd, and then it was her. So, that's kind of how that worked, but the set design's really fun, too. Yeah. It's like a mystical giant little cave house thing with, like, lots of potion bottles, and, like, I gotta imagine that if you, like, zoomed in and focused on what those bottles were doing and, like, the little wispy things, they would tell their own little tales about things. Yeah. So, like, it was, that was an interesting, fun concept they played with. Um, so, so, that was some fun effect stuff that happened. But if you want to get into some more general trivia before we get into the plot of this movie, yeah. one thing is what I was reading up is that Spielberg has been trying to make this movie since the 90s. Huh. Like, there was things about how they had a script for it and, like, 1992 and it just kept getting pushed back and kept changing and kept doing this and originally it was going to be another director and that didn't work out so like this movie has been in in kind of the churn so this was a passion project for Steven Spielberg I'm just imagining 90 Spielberg's version of it like you've got Rafe Spall's butler character just like he's getting out on in giant land takes his sunglasses off there is a BFG. I wonder da, da, it would da. probably feel even closer to Hook. Oh, if, you're right. If it came it out... complete hooky. Yeah. It'd be around the same time. And there's a lot of interesting... The, the trivia page on IMDb for this movie is absolutely insane. Wait a sec. Is that why the little girl, like I commented during the movie, feels like she's written for Mara Wilson? It could have been. Yeah. <laughs> That they kind of chose a, a character like her to play yeah. it, and then that happened. But, um, that was some interesting things that happened. But there's lots of stuff where, like, they wanted to imitate a space where, like, Spielberg could, like, work, work with the actors, and the actors could relate to one another. So, like, what they did their best with when they were building, making this movie is so, like, technology would, like, 
not be a hindrance in how Steven made the movie. Because yeah. that's a big thing in this, because so much of it's CG. Yeah. That there couldn't have been much they could work off of. So all that stuff's happening. But I want to have... Oh, sure uh, most of the giant crew also have small bit roles as humans. Yeah, there there's these bullies at the beginning, and I'm pretty sure it's the same guys. Yeah, and some of the... Yeah, a lot of the... Uh, the uh, There's like... In England, they're called hooligans. It's uh, drunk, rowdy soccer fans who yeah. roam the streets, you know, in... Space Podzilla country <laughs> for the Usipers. <laughs> so that... Okay, so here's the thing. Um, originally, okay. yeah. this movie was to be produced by Frank Marshall and Kathleen Kennedy in 1991 Ooh. by Paramount Pictures. With husband and wife screenwriters Robin Skakard and Nicholas Kazan on board. And get this. Get this, Nolan. Ooh. You want to get, get some more hook comparisons? Robin Williams in mind for the BFG. I was thinking that this felt like a Robin Williams <laughs> role in a lot yeah. of places. It's right there. This was proto hook. <laughs> oh my god. This was beta hook. That Robin then came Williams back later. would have been a great BFG. I love Mark Rylance's performance. I do think Robin Williams would have also done the performance. Yeah. But, I mean, Mark Rylance brings a bit more. Doesn't. Robin Williams would have been a lot goofier during the the BFG speaks gibberish scenes. Yeah. Uh, and Mark Rylance is playing that those scenes with such conviction of yeah, this is a totally normal thing to do <laughs> that that becomes what's funny. Yeah. But and it would have been two very different types of joke with the gibberish. Like Robin Williams would have been like. Oh, uh, flippity jibbity foo fla. Uh, sorry, miss. I'm a little girl. I'm a giant. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. Take I mean... that, Jamie Acosta. <laughs> gotcha. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I didn't have to spell to spam Robin Williams's daughter with my performance. <laughs> watch us. Watch us. Someone like. Audio clips this and start spamming Robin Williams's daughter oh my with God. it. Oh, that'd be sad. It would be. So, on another topic, another connection. Here, I could not believe this trivia. It is on IMDb. It is on IMDb. Look it up. Okay. It is a real thing on IMDb. So, longtime fans of our podcast, hi, what's up? Will know that there's a certain um young actress that we really appreciate in every one of these films that we always reference Are you in one gonna way or tell another. me that Milford Roberta Brown was almost cast as the little girl in the BFG? Yes. <laughs> Before her breakout role in Stranger Things 2016, Millie Bobby Brown auditioned and was on the short list for the role of Sophie. Bada boom. She was almost in a Spielberg movie, didn't get it, and had to wait for her breakout in an, in a show that rips off Spielberg movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was the thing. So Millie, there's their, there's our connection right there. Oh my but God. There's lots of little fun trivia things about... um. 
production things they had to do because, as I said, a lot of this film was CG. So they really had to give the the actors a lot of direction and, like, test props and all that stuff. Yeah. Because it, it comes off good. Like I said, like, it's not... You don't overly feel like, oh, they're just working with nothing. Yeah. You know? So it was pretty good. It was a good time. So, um, that's all the fun little trivia and the what them giants do. And, uh... Wait, can I give you, like... If I had been a pretentious film critic reviewing the BFG, uh, what I would have named my review? What? The BFG, more like the CGI. Oh, ew, yuck. And you know what? Kermode and Mayo would have eaten it up. They would have loved it. They would have had me on as a guest. <laughs> those pretentious fucks. Who? Uh, Mark Kermode and Steve Mayo are two famous film critics. They're pretty much the modern Ebert and Roper. Or, or not Ebert. Ebert and Siskel and Ebert. Not Ebert and Roper. Ebert and Roper was like when when Curly died from the Stooges and they replaced him with Shemp. Sorry, Richard Roper, but you're the shemp. Damn. Damn. Hashtag call out I mean, if, if it makes you feel better, Richard Roper, I prefer shemp. Damn. I'm... Nolan. I prefer shemp. Nolan. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Don't act like you've watched The Three Stooges. I have. And have you watched The Shemps? I didn't feel like it was necessary for the original theme. Shemp is better than le- than Curly. What am I hearing? What am I hearing right <laughs> You've now? You've never even watched a Shemp. What am I even hearing right now? I can't. We gotta move on. We can't touch this. <laughs> Larry, Curly, and Moe are canceled. Larry, Shemp, and Moe are. Oh my god. What's the opposite? Canceled. Ranceled? Renewed. Okay. <laughs> Reinstated. Oh my yeah. goodness. Alright, so now <laughs> so now that all them three stooges stands are coming at us on the Twitter. Um let's this get into the plot. This isn't Shempzilla. <laughs> King of the inferior three stooges. <laughs> let's get into the plot of this movie. We've been we've been bush hitting the bush around long enough. Okay, so... Wait, uh, commercial break, by the way. Let's see yeah, that. we're gonna go to a commercial break, uh, in which... Oh, no, uh, yeah, we're gonna go to our commercial break. Yep, we'll see you in a bit. McLaughlin I'm going to put the BFG Burger King commercial. <laughs> Is there can't... a Burger King commercial for the BFG? I guarantee you there was some kind of restaurant tie-in at like Baskin-Robbins. Like, get, get uh, the... your meal BFG-sized. I think the BFG would... would... <laughs> Let's be honest. The BFG's getting Jack in the Box. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find it and I'll put it in. Go ahead. All so, right. the plot, so... 
We're going to discuss the plot of the BFG. Mm. Get ready for a way too in-depth discussion of the plot of the BFG, everyone. Oh no, we're going to do an overall summary and then do an in-depth of that one scene. Oh yeah, but so... (laughs) We've got the little girl Sophie, main character. Uh, She's an orphan who lives in orphanage. (laughs) Yes. That's the name of the place she lives. Not like Sister Mary's or the Our Holy Mother's Orphanage for Lost Children. Orphanage. Orphanage. Just like hospital. School. Look at orphanage, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, And she is up to some late night shenanigans. She's reading in bed. When she hears some hooligans uh, doing drunken stuff in her window. Hooting and hollering. And she yells at them. They, you know, it's a kid's movie so they don't say it. But they pretty much say, Oi, piss off, wanker! <laughs> mean Nan's trying to sleep. <laughs> we'll, we'll fucking fuck you up. You Doctor Who watching wanker. You got your telly license? No, you don't, because you live in orphanage. <laughs> yep, so that's happening. That won't translate to an audio medium. Will not. <laughs> but I, I did the, I did the, uh, the English up yours, which is just like a, a, a V for victory sign. Okay. All right. Is that why relations between? England and America were so bad during the Nixon administration. (laughs) Oh, they're complimenting us. Yeah. All right. So. So then she goes back to bed. She hears more scurrying. She gets ready to go tell them. Oi, you lots of wankers. Why don't you go fuck off to your mums? And they go, at least we got mums. And it's like, ah. But instead, she doesn't see some... I, I'm trying to think of an acronym. She doesn't see some... Big fucking geese. That's the first thing she sees. She does see some big fucking geese. Yeah. She doesn't see some boozed fucking goons out there. She sees a big friendly giant. Mm. Who immediately, because she saw her him, uh, kidnaps her and brings her to Giant Land. No question. Like, yeah. oh, you saw me. Gotta go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oopsie. Bang. Yeah. He and just grabs her and he's like in like a, a coat, like a, um, you know, a hood. Which I thought was funny where it's like he's trying to be hidden. He's like 24 yeah. feet tall. But it makes sense because he uses it as this guy's but Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so he, he's like NBC's The Cape. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> A show that I saw half the pilot of, and then only knew through community references. Dang. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then, uh, so yeah, so she's going to. The Cape also starred Keith David, and Keith David is one of the professors on Community. Am I the only one that cares about this? Yes. Okay. Continue on the 2016 BFG. <laughs> okay, so the 2016 BFG uh, then continues on with... Uh, so, he brings her to Giant Land and tells her uh, in in, B, in BFGs, in, in 
bugging fucking gibberish. Uh, your wixy waxies are <laughs> gonna be on the telly tube because you seezy wheezy me. Yep, so and I gotta kidnap you forever. I only did a little kidnapping. You're still little. Yeah, that was a funny line. <laughs> like, looking at it from the perspective of just not kidnapping an individual person, but like. If you took one grape off of a bushel of grapes, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. <laughs> it's just a little. Just a little yeah. stealing. But yeah, so she's now in the land of the BFG. She can't try and escape because then the other giants, who are not big and friendly, they are in fact bigger and frumpy. Uh, bigger frumpy giants. Uh... They uh, will eat her. Uh, mm. And so she's stuck there and learn, and she's learning about the BFG. And this is just the section of the movie where a lot of whimsy happens. So there's not much plot. It's mostly whimsy. Whimsy, 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 whimsy. And like, but yeah, the BFG's uh, job is to, to get, make dreams. He captures dreams. He bottles them, then he gives them to people in their sleep. Uh, yeah. Which implies that the BFG can giveth, and the BFG can take it away. away. <laughs> it implies that the BFG, like, he never discusses it, but the BFG is the one making your sex dreams. Oh no. Like that one where you and your brother-in-law, uh tag-teamed your 7th grade math teacher on top of a giant chocolate chip cookie? The BFG made that. Oh, no. <laughs> he custom-made it for you. Yeah. He understood. Here you go, Daniel. Just for you. <laughs> oh. Wink. <laughs> oh. The tiddly winks are quite exquisite. But, uh, yeah, so... The BFG, uh, we get to see his dream-making process, uh, and then we get to see him go, we get to see him go, uh, distribute the dreams, which he brings Sophie along for, because he's gonna bring her home, he's decided she can be trusted. But then, Sophie reveals to him that she, uh, left her blanket back there. And the BFG realizes, oh no, they're gonna smell it, and they're gonna find her. Oh yeah, there's like one, there's like a few scenes between there that introduce the other giants, where there's a big old guy who like, that's when it showed that the other giants are bigger than him. Yeah. And they're like, I got a boo-boo. And you know, they get him. Oh, the boo-boo scene happens after, because they go back, and then the hunt, the hunt through his place happens. No, there's two times he says boo-boo. No, the boo-boo thing only happens once. No, it happens twice. The, the first time that the bigger giant enters the place, <laughs> when the girl hides in the cucumber thing, <laughs> he comes in and is like, I have a boo-boo, can you help me? Okay, alright. It, yeah. it, it, it's reincorporation. Comes back in okay. the same time. Uh, so, yeah, so oh, also we get to see the BFG's uh, breakfast drink, uh, eating process in which we uh, learn about the fizzy popper, his favorite drink, where in Giant Land, the the bubbles don't bubble up, they bubble oh, down, and that makes 
Wait, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. We gotta build to this. We gotta build to this. No, so I think the way sticks. I'm build the way I'm building this. Okay. You need to see. So. All right. I trust you. I trust you. So, cause. The B. So, she asks. But. And she he he says, "Why would you want the bubbles bubbling up? You'll get a bunch of burps." And she's like, "But if the bubbles bubble down." It'll, you know, and he goes, it's the best thing there is. Drinks <laughs> a giant swig, farts with a, a green plumage of smoke, of fart gas uh, erupting from his asshole and sending him <laughs> flying up into his ceiling. Several, like 20 feet. Woo! Boom. And I would like to reiterate now that Steven Spielberg made some of the most harrowing Holocaust sequences of all time in <laughs> cinema. And he put a, a rocketing fart joke in the BFG. So yeah, so back to where the, we were in the plot, uh, since we took the fart divergence. Uh, we... It'll come back. <laughs> It'll come back in the red wedding of farts. So, yeah, so... Then uh, he's like, "Oh, you let they'll they'll hunt you down and they'll eat you. They've been eating kids all over London town. Oh why? Oh me, oh my, oh me, oh my." <laughs> and she, and so he brings her back to be safe, but the giants ransack the BFG's uh, laboratory of dreams, destroying a bunch of dreams, and. He has a real cool moment of the BFG just flipping out on them, yelling, This is my home! And like... Oh, he grabs the torch. Yeah, burning them with a hot poker until yeah. they leave. There's a lot of them. And he, the you know, bigger comes in, it's like, Oh, go to Boo Boo, just to say that. Because they know the kid's there now in the place. And he's they're trying to find it to eat them. Because yeah, they eat kids. And that's when a plan is hatched. Because Sophie has a plan for how she and the BFG can stop uh, the giants from going around eating kids. Yeah. And Only the queen. The way, do we, um, we should both you touch on that. This isn't her his first friend who's a human. No, he had a, he had a friend under Queen Victoria, which... Seeing a portrait of Queen Victoria is what gives Sophie the idea. But yeah, that boy, he... That's why the BFG knew the blanket thing was bad. Because his friend, his little boyfriend was, uh, was hunted down and killed after being brought back from, uh, from Giant Land. Which is dark. Uh, but, uh, so... But yeah, so he... So she says, We'll make a dream for the Queen, telling her what's happening, and then... You and I will present ourselves to her to prove the dream is true. <laughs> and he's like, Oh me, oh my, oh me, oh my, that seems like a good idea, governor. And so they make a dream. And we now slow down to talk about... <laughs> it's not the best scene in cinematic history. It's not the most impressive scene in cinematic history. But it is the greatest 
scene in cinematic <laughs> history in terms of scope and audacity. <laughs> and I'm going to break it down for you folks in excruciating detail. Because they show up and they give the queen her dream. Okay, this part I'm not going to break down in excruciating. Oh, well, I should talk about it. So their plan is to... <laughs> Break into Buckingham Palace in the 80s uh, and talk to the queen. Get, let her know what's going on with the common people and spur her to action. Brandon, how much do you know about Queen Elizabeth? I do not know much. Give, me a, give us a short little history lesson. Elizabeth in the 80s. What was going on? This would have happened shortly after... A severely mentally disturbed man from the lower classes, in real life, broke into Queen Eliz into Buckingham Palace, and into Queen Elizabeth's room, to do exactly that before before Wait, to kill her, not to kill her, to have a talk with her. Oh my goodness! And before he was arrested, I don't know what the man's first name was, but something Fagin, uh, and so. That's a very real thing in the 80s that this Queen Elizabeth would have recently, <laughs> recently been through. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yeah, so... But yeah, so she tells the Queen and quickly convince When the BFG reveals himself after being a little shy, quickly convinces her that they need to take action and... The British military is going to invade giantly. And, yeah. <laughs> and so, then we have our divergence at the beginning of Act 3 into a very long sequence that has little to no plot relevance, yeah. but is, again, the greatest scene in cinematic history. It is. In which the Queen and Sophie and the BFG... Have breakfast. Yes. They have they have breakfast and this the scene begins with the BFG having to crouch and crawl through the palace to get to the to get to uh, the dining room area. And he's knocking shit over. He's knocking vases over. He destroys a chandelier. They have to put a giant chaise lounge as if it were a seat on top of a table and push it under him for it for his seat and then build just a giant fucking table for him and they're feeding the BFG plates of like whole loaves of toast yeah whole loaves of toast and like, like dozens of eggs all like 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 hotel like, you know, when you go to a hotel in the and in the morning they got the breakfast and it's just like a big metal tray of eggs you can take some of. Mm. It's that. It's got like <laughs> one of those trays. But of it's eggs. all for him. And he's dousing down like a big old like yeah. spear, piercing like ten pieces of toast at once. Yeah. And oh, rubbing them in the it. eggs and it looks delicious. Oh, it looks so good. Spielberg can shoot food so well and there's just courses and courses yeah. and there's some fun shots where it's like how uh sophie is like stirring her tea or her coffee mm -hmm. versus the bfg who has like this big saucer yeah oh uh, yeah and bfg tries coffee 
and he doesn't like it. And then she's like, well, what do you prefer, Mr. BFG? This is what the queen says. Mm -hmm. And he's like... Wait, freeze frame. This is when it starts. (laughs) This is when Brandon and I saw a pale rider on the horizon, (laughs) and his name was Death. Despite, despite the Queen of England giving, giving the BFG bread and salt under her household. So she said... The BFG had not come without warning. And the BFG brings out his fizzy pop. (laughs) His big green thing of fizzy pop. And then all of the different commanders of different branches of the British military come in. Mm. And the BFG pours everyone glasses for a toast of the fizzy fizzy pop. Yep. And he pours some in a giant chalice for the corgis to lap up. Everyone's drinking it. Everyone. Everyone is like... Taking a sip, taking a drink, and the Queen England brings up like, oh, why do the, and like, ooh, the bubbles go down. The bubbles go down. Isn't that interesting? And as, and suddenly, the band starts playing. And who are you? The BFG said that you cannot pass gas. The first person, major fart, blows away the room So yeah, the butler fucking farts so hard, (laughs) he pops into the air, falls over on the, on the break, on like a tray of breakfast food. Uh, then the generals who were up- And then, only a burp of a different coat, that's all the truth I know. The The generals- generals Rocketing into the air, like they're hanging on to the chandeliers when they're done. This chaos, chaos is unfolding. Then it's in a coat of out or a coat of in. But you thought you thought watching has smell. You thought watching this. You thought surely not the queen. Surely there is some decency in the world. Surely they will not do this to one of the most revered people in the world. And yet, and my dread it, green, run from it, and farts arrive all the yes. same. And mine are green and loud, my queen, as green and loud as yours. And then. She massive fart. She farts. Whole table it, flows up. Table flows up. Her her seat is scooted back <laughs> a couple of feet, and then as the little coda on this, the corgis who'd been lapping it up fart so fart so forcefully, <laughs> their little paws uh, are skirting across as they glide across the floor. No, ca- no one is spared. I don't think I don't remember if Sophie drinks it. Sophie doesn't, because she knows the farts. Yeah, she knows... She... (laughs) She let the queen be poisoned! (laughs) For the bit! (laughs) She is the Bolton of this scenario. (laughs) 
the queen, knows what's happening. The queen, as the band starts playing, looks over at Sophie. And she goes, Well, this doesn't happen, but I feel a bit this happened. <laughs> you haven't drank your drink. <laughs> and Sophie is being, isn't responding. And she go, she turns Sophie to her and sees there are nose plugs in her nose. <laughs> and she goes, the giants sent their regards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the giants declared war on the on the human world. But anyways, so, so yeah, so that that, that is an insanely scene in the movie, and it's a, an amazing scene. It completely destroys the pacing. It does. It just we are ramping up for the climax, and this happens. <laughs> So, so that, that and then the immediate next scene is as they're prepping uh, for this invasion. Uh, Sophie and the BFG sit on a uh, hillside, and she asks if the BFG will remember her. <laughs> and Mark Rylance is the BFG. A mere five minutes after the fart scene, yep. gives. A performance that made me tear up about never forgetting her. <laughs> and then, okay, then the the fight the the fight the climax is also bizarre. the The actual final fight is bizarre. So, Sophie, uh, so the BFG forgot his his horn that he allows him to blow dreams into people's ears. So. Sophie has to do it herself, and she runs down with the jar of bad dreams for the giants that's gonna distract them, and she, and, but Flesh Lump Eater wakes up before she can do it, and she, and, but she breaks it, breaks the jar open, they fly into the ears of most of the giants, Flesh Lump Eater, since he's awake, avoids it, and then... And he's about to eat Sophie while all of his friends are cowering. When the BFG fucking cold cocks him. Yeah. And the and he and the BFG fight a bit. But then... Then the British military comes in and just... Drags away a bunch of screaming and crying giants. And it's supposed to feel triumphant? But I, I, <laughs> I felt kind of haunted. I mean, like, you know. is it like Munich, where at the end of Munich you're like, but who really were the good guys? <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, I, yeah, I don't if, think okay, that's what was intended. If history intended, has but... taught us, if history has taught us anything, I think the British take very good care of exotic animals from other countries, like elephants, yeah. and tigers. You know, they take great care of them. There's not something. As to worry we about. know, when I. As we know, when the British invade an already inhabited nation and stake claim <laughs> of it, uh, arresting the arresting the locals, uh, the leaders know, of the local <laughs> culture. As we know, it's nothing but good fun times about to happen. Exactly. But, so we're saying the B, the BFG is a colonizer. <laughs> no, the BFG. It's a race trader. <laughs> the British are the colonizers. <laughs> he swears fealty to the foreign nation of England <laughs> and betrays those of the lands of giants. 
And so, yeah, so then they they drop those giants. It's a really short climax. Yeah. We honestly thought that it was so quick. It's a cool scene that the giants are like, oh, and yeah. like lots of scale stuff happening and the guys nearly get it. We honestly thought that the climax was too quick and the main bad giant was going to break out and something else was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. It was like, nope, they're done. It was like two minutes. Yeah. It was really quick. And, yeah, so they... So they're all dropped into the ocean. And we thought for a second they were just <laughs> okay. gonna... We gotta bring up what Sophie says. <laughs> so the narration starts. And that's when we realize, oh, the movie's wrapping up. Uh, Sophie's narration kicks back in for the first time since the beginning of the movie. And she's like... <laughs> and And they put those bad giants in a place... You'll, you've never heard of and you'll never see. <laughs> and then and it coincides <laughs> immediately with the helicopters that are dragging these giants in the air, dropping <laughs> all of them into the ocean. <laughs> and you don't see any land around them. So for a, for a very long, for like a brief minute, you think, oh, it's Davy Jones's locker. They're fucking drowning the giants. But it's like, oh shit. It's like, oh my. But no, no, they didn't. They, they yeah, were dropping they them off on cool. a nearby island. Yeah, uh, with lots of the with lots of the gross cucumbers that the BFG. Like, yeah, it drops on the eat. on flesh lump eater and splatters all over him. And ha ha, funny comeuppance. For the guy who's caused an uptick in mysterious child disappearances that we know were all children being eaten. Yep. He, tee hee. Yeah, this this guy definitely deserves the kind of the kind of ending comeuppance that Shooter McGavin and Happy (laughs) Gilmore gets. Exactly. (laughs) Same thing. So then the um, the final shot of the movie is... Uh, so so then Sophie is now adopted by Queen Elizabeth and staying in her place. But every night she knows the BFG can hear her because he's got big ears. And she says in the morning, hello, BFG. And then we cut to... What might be the best scene? on a, On an actual technical... Everything works level, the best scene in the movie. Just a quiet, like, minute-long scene of the BFG, and we can tell he's hearing this. And we think it's just gonna be, like, it could be an easy resolution of just, of just, hello, Sophie, cut to credits. Mm -hmm. And we would have gotten, we would have gotten the idea of the emotion, but the BFG just sits with it Mm. and smiles to himself and it's long and silent. And for some reason, that really affects me. And I'm happy you weren't, like, looking at me. Because, like, <laughs> I was starting to cry. <laughs> it gets, it gets, you get caught up, you know, it's a movie that you can get caught up in a few times. Like, the my favorite scene in the movie is when they're right before the final climax. When they're just sitting. And it's, like, this beautiful sunrise. Yeah. I'm like, this is gorgeous. Yeah. This is a gorgeous, perfect scene. It, like I said, there's like such good scenes in this movie, but it's like how they all fit together is a little rough. Yeah. And like, so yeah. that is that is the plot That's, of the BFG. Yeah. And then it cuts to cuts to, you know, it fades to black after that scene. Do you have any more thoughts before we move on to our final game? Um 
No, I think that's about it for, for the BFG. Okay, so uh, our final segment of each of most episodes, Make It Gritty, in which we find out how a kaiju that has not yet been incorporated into <laughs> the legendary Godzilla films, how would we would incorporate them into the film. And yep. this week, we've got the big friendly giant... Yes. How are we introducing the BFG to the God to the Godzilla legendary movies? Okay. Okay. So, all right, I've got it. Yeah. I'll start. I'll start with it. Okay. Okay. So we we start with this film takes place in like nineteen early nineteen eighties, like nineteen eighty three. So this takes place in the modern day now. So it's been about four, a little less than forty years since then. Sophie is now an adult woman. She has a loving husband. She has some kids. Uh, she lives in London, right? Mm-hmm. She lives in London. She's having a good time. But then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, the news of uh, the BFG that visited Queen Elizabeth, that, that's faded to nothing. Everyone, you know, nobody believes it anymore. Nobody believes that's a true thing. There was no pictures, all that stuff. It's a mystery. It's a, it's a myth. <laughs> so Sophie's with her husband and her family, and she's in London, and she's, like, driving her car, right? And then you hear boom, boom, rumblings are happening. And then Godzilla is fighting some other kaiju. It could be like Rodan or some like B tier guy, right? They're fighting Rodan, they're fighting, they're fighting each other. And like they're just laying waste to the city, smashing things, destroying things. No precaution for it. And what she really drives her mad is they run over her house on her way home. None of the kids are there. We don't, you know, they're not killing anybody. But, like, her, you know, Godzilla's ruined her life. Ruined her life. So, what happens is, she hasn't, you know, she has long thought, she has long uh, compartmentalized the BFG to a figment of her imagination. But in this moment, she calls to him. And he listens. She says, she's just like, I need, you know, BFG, I need you if you're out there and stuff. Then we cut to that last scene kind of thing. But the BFG, with those hearty vegetables he was eating at the start of the mo- at the end of this movie. Is he fucking yoked? He's fucking jacked. <laughs> <laughs> he is now. He is now. He is still the BFG. But now that stands for big fucking gains. <laughs> the BFG is about Godzilla sized. <laughs> He has grown quite massive and powerful in those years. And he has decided, it's time I take Godzilla down. I'm just imagining, you know in the, the Fairly Odd Parents Beach episode, when Timmy gets turned into a muscle man, <laughs> yeah. and his tiny head is still... <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm imagining the yoked BMG looks like. So the final, the climax fight in, uh, this is called BFG2. <laughs> The BFG, uh, Godzilla is sleeping, and the BFG fights him Freddy Krueger style in his dreams. <laughs> Into an amazing class showdown of galactic proportions. And that is BFG 2. Okay, that's a good <laughs> pitch. So, here's my pitch. Milford Roberta Brown is now working with NASA. Right. And she realizes 
that when we eventually get to Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, this will work as my pitch there, too. Mm. So just, <laughs> when we get to that episode eventually, just replay this segment <laughs> there. Uh, but it's gonna line up. <laughs> Space Godzilla is come. <laughs> Space Godzilla is approaching Earth at an alarming rate. And okay. she knows something that... That if Space Godzilla and Godzilla duke it out on Earth, Earth will be destroyed no matter who wins. Whoever wins, we lose. So she's got to find a way to get Godzilla into space. I really am wondering where this 24-foot giant takes place into this science fiction space space. spot. (laughs) Okay. She's gonna get Godzilla into space so he can fight Space Godzilla there. Okay, alright. And she's like, there's no way to do it. The rocket rocket science isn't there yet. And then (laughs) she'll get she'll get a card from a from a British lady in her forties, who's like, I have a friend. A friend who can help. A big friend. He's big and friendly. But he's a bit of a giant. <laughs> and so Millie Bobby Brown will travel to the land of the giants, where the BFG is. Yes. And she'll be like, I heard you can help get Godzilla into space. And the BFG will be like, the Godzy Willy, <laughs> we can get to wetsy him into spicy waste. <laughs> Just use this. Apron. No, <laughs> busy lift, and he and so they're funneling, they're funneling whole lakes full of fizzy lifts into Godzilla, and Godzilla's getting ready to go, and then mushroom cloud, mushroom yes. cloud of green on the ground. Slowly lifting and gaining momentum into space, going further and further. Godzilla goes to face space Godzilla, and that is how I'd work the BFG into the gods into Godzilla versus Space Godzilla 2025. Honestly, not as dumb as I thought it was gonna get. <laughs> Relatively not dumb. Okay. I thought you were going to say that the BFG grabs the rocket and throws it into space, (laughs) like slingshot style. Okay. Okay, so now's usually the point where we'd announce what episode we're doing next, but we have no idea when this episode is coming out, because a certain big red dog decided to (laughs) come a little late, and that's thrown a bit of our scheduling off. So, uh, you know, just join us next week for whatever the fuck movie we watch. Uh, if you check our Twitter the day before, at least, we will post what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, let's give our socials. Uh, yeah. So, um, in this indeterminate point in the future. Uh, so, what's up? We have our Twitter, our main... So- that's basically our only social media, because we keep pretty active there. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be at Podzilla, K-O-T-C, all caps. Yep. We post uh, status updates, general comments, and fun stuff. That's our main. That's our social media thing. Uh, you can follow us on any of the main podcast distributors that you that you like: uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify. All those things are ways you can yeah you can uh, you know keep following us. We post our episodes. I don't know if we say this frequently enough. 
We post weekly on yeah. Friday at noon. It's yeah. always Friday at noon. Like, I set it up weeks in advance. It's yeah. Friday at noon, or occasionally it might be Friday at midnight if I do the date wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be uh, 12 o'clock somewhere. But um, we'll be posting our episodes weekly on Fridays. And as a last note, um, if you want to send us movie requests or any request stuff and just generalist stuff, yeah. Q&A, we're starting to collect Q&A things, probably still doing that. It's going to be, send us questions or with to our Gmail account, which is uh, kingofthecasters, all lowercase, at gmail.com. So that's it, and uh, we'll see you next time to, to whatever is coming up next. We'll see <laughs> We'll Probably an Attack on Titan episode. Probably. We're catching up. At the time of this recording, Part 2's trailer had just dropped, and uh, we got some catching up to do. We'll see you next time, baby! See you then.